Brother Adel asked me to read from the Gospel of Luke before his message, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, a beautiful Christmas story. Now in those days, a certain decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there is born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them up in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. May God bless the reading of his word. Merry Christmas. And thank you all for praying for Shelley and for us. It's by your prayers that we can be here, really. I thank you with, from the bottom of my heart. And Shelley, she couldn't be here. She's still at the hospital, but she says, thank them all for me. We believe that by the power of prayer, we always win. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And uh, as I was preparing, I said, what am I going to speak? I, 
time was really pressuring me, but I said I will talk a little bit about Christmas today. And as you heard the story of the shepherds, thank you, Dean, for reading that. And uh, verse 9 says, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For I behold, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Dean spoke about Christ the Lord. He was born a Lord, and he is a king also, as we heard earlier this morning. We still have about a week till Christmas Day, and on Christmas Day, we're going to have a brief meeting in the morning. We're going to come and break bread and then go home. I hope to see you all on Sunday morning. I know we're taking a little bit away from you, that joy of that morning. And don't open, if you can hold yourself, your gifts before coming to church. Okay, open them after coming to church. You're not going to help. Yeah, it's not going to help. No, it's not going to work. Sonny, it ain't going to happen, right? The thing of it is, okay, but let's honor God first. We're not going to cancel the meeting on Sunday morning. We're going to come, break bread. And then we have all day to enjoy it. So it's going to be on New Year. New Year's Day, we come and thank God for the beginning of a new year. We made it thus far, right? We made it. You know, uh, most of us are experiencing joy and peace. Why? Because we have Christ in our hearts. So many people are rushed and are working hard to get mom and dad and children and so and friends trying to buy gifts. And they forget about why is this week or day or this season is dedicated to. They forget about the person we are celebrating. They forget completely. And you know, many, I read, I read uh, a report from uh, doctors. Uh, many are experiencing the agony, what is known fr from now on, uh, the Christmas blues. Even before Christmas comes and ends. Because they're looking at the event, and the event comes and goes. They're not looking at the person who we are celebrating. The source of strength, the source of revival, the source of joy, the source of power, Jesus Christ our Lord. They are forgetting. This is why so many get the blues, as we said, and 
We'll cover that sometime later next week or the year after. And the major factor that is causing people the blues, if you will, please, according to the statisticians, more alcohol is purchased and consumed in this, in this period than any other period of the year. Do you believe that? People use alcohol as a method of coping with the stress of the Christmas season. It's not supposed to be this way at all. It's supposed to be a season or a period, if you will, please, to rejoice in the Lord. He sent us. He became God of the universe, became a man to come and save us from sin. We should be joyful. It's not a time for sadness. It's not a time for curing our blues at all. No, no, no. The message of Christmas is joy and peace to all the people. And that's what God wants us to be. But looking at this story, I want to look at what motivated these shepherds to leave their sheep, or maybe they took some of them, I don't know, to leave their sheep on the hills above Bethlehem. I've been there. Rugged. I mean, we're talking over 2,000 years ago. And a cold night. What motivated them to go down to Bethlehem and visit the manger? Think about that. They saw a, a scene that affected them. I don't know how it happened. The heaven opened. And a band of angels singing glory to God in the highest. And peace, goodwill to man. To the whole world. This is the news and the angel said to them, do not be afraid. They were, they've never seen anything like that. They were afraid. And he says, do not be afraid. We bring you good news, great joy to all the people. For today in the city of David, which was Bethlehem, today has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What motivated them? They left everything. They left the sheep. And they, I don't know how, how far it was. It was quite a, quite a distance. And they came to Bethlehem. They entered the place. And with a spirit of worship, they came and worship the king. What motivated them? Think about it. What motivated them? First, I believe with all my heart 
that they believed what they heard from the chorus that was singing that came from heaven. They believed the word of heaven. And the word of heaven today is in this book. And whatever is written there is solid truth. And though people contest, oh, it was not written for us, it was written for all time. We are in the 21st century. This is a bunch of lies and, as people say, baloney. And they believed what they saw. They were, and they, you know, they made a decision. You want to call it resolve? That was, motiva- that was the thing that motivated them. In Bethlehem, well, how long is the distance? They talked about each other. Let us go and check it out. Did they say that? Did they say, well, it could be true, it could not be true? Did they say that? I want to show you what they said. Were they hesitant? This is the resolve. This is what it says here, what motivated them. They believed. They believed. Though they've never seen a scene like this before or heard an angel talk to them before. But they believed it. That was the motivation. Plus another motivation. Let us go. Look at verse 15. Let's look at verse 15. It says, let us go, in the middle of the verse, straight to Bethlehem. We'll check it tomorrow. We'll check it next week or the week after. No, no, not at all. Let us go straight now immediately. Then, and see this thing that, do you have your English Bible there? Has happened. Did they say maybe it happened? Whether it happened? Let's check it out. If these angels were telling us the truth, no. Let us see that thing that has already happened, period. They believed the voice of heaven. And let me say one thing here. When people hear the gospel, do they believe the voice of God from the gospel? In our day and age, do they truly believe or say, well, let me think about it? How many times? Did these shepherds say, let's think about it? We don't know. Tomorrow we'll see what happened. The heaven opened. We want to check heaven. We want to check the firmaments before uh, when the sun rises. They did not. We want to consult others. No. We want to take time. To, maybe, we, maybe we've been dreaming. No. When they heard the voice from heaven, they believed it, and they went to see what has happened. That was the motivation. And let me ask you a question. When they got there, what did they say? I saw a, I don't know uh, whether you are very young, you don't know Perry Como. (laughs) Who is Perry Como? The new generation said, who is Perry Como? Yeah. Perry Como was a wonderful singer. And he had an old 
an old uh, Christmas show. And they showed it uh, sometime at night. I was sitting tired. I want to sit. And they, they showed him. They showed these shepherds. He, 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 he was singing, uh, Hark the Herald Angel. And the shepherds were entering. There's a scene. Entering the little place where he was born. The stable, if you will, please. And we, he was entering, and the shepherd, when they reached the stable, they knelt. They bowed down and worshipped the king. God compensated their, their belief. And they were vindicated. <coughs> Though the word of God, not to be contested. Their belief they were motivated then, <coughs> excuse me, and they were motivated by seeing Jesus, the Savior of the world there. Do you think they were rewarded? I think so. It's enough what they saw. It's enough they were facing the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's in a manger in a stable what happened to them after that? What happened to them? They went back home, right? They went back home. As someone wrote, the shepherds went back to work different people than before because of what they've seen and what they've heard. They met with Jesus. Did you meet with Jesus? I see we have maybe 99 or 100% believers here. Do you remember the day you met with Jesus? Do you remember the day when you knelt before him? Your heart bleeding, your life sad. And you came to him and asked him to come into your life. That was a real Christmas for you. That was the Christmas Jesus born in my heart. I remember the day. And I believe this is what happened to these shepherds. They were, went back, it says, that's why I wanted to read it. And verse 20, went back glorifying and praising God for all that they have heard and seen, just as it has been told them. Have you been before Jesus? That's my question today. Have you committed your life to him? And I hope if your life or any life here has been just I'm a Christian and I'm go going along during, especially during this Christmas season, if you've been, if you've been really uh, uh, refocused on what to do for the family on, the, on the, this season and what to bring for Tom and Dick and Harry and so on. And most probably you, lo you lost a little bit of your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the call. This is the call. Let's gather ourselves and kneel before him and pray, Lord, thank you for coming into my life and changing me and making me a new woman.
a new man. And then you will have a great and merry Christmas. What happened to the disciples later on in life? What happened to the disciples? They met with Jesus. They were recruiting by, recruited by Jesus. They lived with him three years almost. They saw him as Lord of nature. They saw him as the one who can heal a demoniac. The diseases, Lord over death. The same baby that was born grew up to do all these miracles. And before he left, what did he do? Simple thing. He gave them the authority to go to the world and continue the message. The message of Christmas. He came to save us from sin. Never changed. Never changed. And go witness. Started by the shepherds. They went and witnessed all over. We have seen Jesus. We have known Jesus. We've seen him. Have you known him? And the disciples went all around preaching the gospel. They were, people tried to stop them. People tried to beat them. They did. People said, people told them, if you open your mouth, we will take you in and put you in jail. Says, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Same story. They have seen the shepherds and they've seen Jesus and they've heard the message from heaven. The same thing is repeated and repeated all over. And Christianity grew from this day, the day Jesus was born. Christianity grew to be a great religion. And the gospel went all over the world. At a certain time in Acts chapter 17, I think verse 6, in Acts chapter 17, because they have changed the world, they have turned the world, they, people said about them, these are, these are the people who turned the world upside down. Upside down. And God still working today. They were motivated. What motivated? The shepherds motivated the same thing, motivated the disciples later on. What motivated them should be able to motivate each and every one of us. All I ask for you Christians, members of this church, and some of our guests, all I ask this afternoon from you is be motivated to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not stop anywhere. Keep going, regardless of what happens. I am encouraging you. These are tough times. These are times where people's minds are not on Christmas. Go ask the owners of the big stores. Are you thinking of Christmas as spiritual, as Jesus coming to the world? No, 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 no. Ian, I mean, are you talking? Okay, we, last year we made 3%, this year we made 4%. This is what they're thinking. They're looking how much they make money. 
They're thinking whether it'll be a better year than last year. They're thinking whether people are going to buy online or going to go to the store and buy from the store. I tell you, and Hollywood is, is in, in, they're giving us movies about Christmas. You know, and most of the movies about Christmas, I, I, I don't have time to see them. I, I see a little bit. I've never, so seldom you hear a Christmas carol being sang. It's only jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Yeah, they're hearing the money jingling, you know. <laughs> I hate Hollywood, I'm sorry to tell you. And late at night, like yesterday, I said, I want to see what's on, on, on the, okay. And I opened a channel, which is a good channel, channel, uh, what is it? A H-A-L channel, whatever you have it. And I opened, and there was a Christmas story. And guess what? People were dancing to the tune, Silent Night, Holy Night. That's what Hollywood is presenting to us. Will the movie make money? That's all we want. We'll put a story of Christmas there. Com they have commercialized our Jesus and his story. That's why I asked Dean to read it. The story of his coming to save. I'm frustrated with that. I love Christmas very much. I love it. And when I hear Silent Night, Holy Night, I have tears in my eyes. This song touches me, touches my bones. Where are we? What's motivating you this Christmas? I hope what motivated the shepherds, what motivated the disciples, what motivated the Apostle Paul and all the apostles to die, some of them to die. Some of them were sawn into two. Some of them were killed. Some of them were burned. And the Bible says, and the world was not worthy of them. Because they were, they were the best you can get in this world. They were the, the elite, the elite of this world are the Christians. It's not the barons, it's not the rich people, it's not, uh, it's not uh, any, any per person who is in authority. It's you Christians who are saints, called saints, and you are going to be reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ very soon. These, oh, these shepherds did their job and did it well. Don't you think so? These disciples took the commission. Did they do it well? They did it well. And Paul and all the disciples, did they do their job well? Did they? Preach about the coming of the Lord, about why he came from. Yes, they did. Now, it's up to us. What are they doing? My question to you today. What is motivating you? 
Some of the kids are motivated. They look under the tree, and we, we know, I mean, we can't wait Christmas Eve or Christmas morning to open the gifts. You might be expecting a gift from your husband or a gift from your wife, and you can't. It's motivating you. There's nothing wrong with that, believe me. Nothing wrong with exchanging gifts. I'm not against that. No, no, don't get me wrong. But is this the main motivation? Is this what we're living for? I was, when I was thinking of this, I said, are we motivated by his love? Are we motivated why he came? Are we motivated by his mercy that is new every day? And the most of all, I want to tell you one thing. We should be motivated by the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Does the hope motivate you? I said, Lord, I want to talk my heart today to the church. Are you, what are you motivated by? Think of this. We should be motivated, I'll help you out, by his return. There's nothing left. I read a story by a, a, an article by one of the men of God. He says, we're no more expecting any signs. We are not looking for signs. We're not. We're not looking what's happening in the world. No. We're not looking whether everyone in the world, the, the, the gospel has gone everywhere. We're not. We're only motivated and looking forward for the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're closer than 2,000 years ago, aren't we? We're closer than when disciples, the disciples says we're looking for his coming. And Paul, in his, all his writings, especially in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He is coming soon, he says. Motivated. You know, that should be our motivation. Christmas will come and go. New Year's will come and go. Events will come and go. But the one main thing that will come and stay is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven told us about it. Like heaven told those shepherds. Open with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You know. This is when the, the Lord ascended to heaven. Verse 9. And after he had said these things that they will receive power to stay in Jerusalem. After I said, the, he was lifted up. While they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. Let me ask you here, before we go any further, who were these two men? Angels, emissaries from heaven to give us some news. Do you believe heaven? The shepherd believed it. Okay, let's focus here. And they said to them, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? 
This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come, amen, here it is, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Is he coming? Is that what you're looking for? Then the Apostle Paul in Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter, uh, verse, uh, verse 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and he says, he is coming soon. The disciples believed it. Exactly, it, it is happening. What happened to the shepherds, the disciples said, and then, and then, open with me to Revelations, please. Last chapter in Revelation. Last chapter in Revelation. 22. Chapter 22. I want to read three verses. Chapter 22, verse 7. Who's talking there? The Spirit of God talking to John the Baptist, right? He says, verse 6, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sends his angel to show his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. So this is a voice from heaven for you. And behold, I am coming quickly. Who's talking now? The Lord Jesus. Behold, I'm coming quickly. And John, because you are a man, you're weak, you have been on this island of Patmos for a long time. Okay, I'm going to repeat it. Verse 12. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. Verse 20. In case, John, you didn't hear me. In case you didn't hear me, I'm telling you. Here it is. I'm not addressing our John. No, John. You heard me, John? Okay. In case, in case, John, you didn't hear me, he who testifies to these things, God is speaking. Yes, I am coming quickly, and he ends it, amen. Amen. And people say, maybe he won't come. It reminds me of a story. It's a story of perseverance, story of Motivation is a story that I read, if I find it, I hope I have it with me. Yeah, I do. I wrote it down so I can tell you about a man, a farmer. I like farmers. I like. A farmer had an old hound dog that he cherished. One day the dog disappeared. And several weeks passed without his return. In spite of this, the farmer continued to set out fresh food for the dog every day. Those of you who have dogs, you know how loyal they are. Finally, in curiosity, for a long time, one of the farmer's neighbors asked why he continued to set out food for the, for, uh, for the dog when he obviously was not returning. You know what the farmer said? I'll end it here. He will be back. Because he knows I'm here waiting for him. And when he gets here, I want him to know 
he is welcome back. What a motivation. It stops here. Did the dog return? He's a dog. He might. But Jesus will return. Amen. I have a question when he returns. I made some notes here. I'm ending with this. What would he say about our condition? Are we busy with the lights? Lights are good. I like them. I like to go to the neighborhood. Are we busy with the word Christmas? Are we busy in running here and there and forgetting him and forgetting him in the manger? Did the farmer forget to put food every day? No. He was still waiting. What would he say to us if he find us unaware? May the Lord speak to our hearts. If he should come today and find my hands so full of future plans, however fair, in which my Savior had no share, what would he say? If he should come today and find I had not told one soul about my heavenly friend, whose blessing all my way attend, what would he say? If he should come today, would I be glad, quite glad, as he said, remembering he had died for all, and none through me had heard his call? What would he say? This is the time where we can open our hearts and mouth and tell people about Jesus Christ. This is at the most opportune time before he comes. May our hope stay alive that we are going to see him probably today. Let us pray that the Lord will use us this Christmas season. We still have one week. Go and tell the world what God has done to you and have a Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Our Father, we are thankful for your word. What is written is always true. And you give us more than we deserve. You have given us already a wonderful life. Help us, Lord, to spend it serving you. Bless this church and be with us this week as we get to celebrate with the families and friends this season. And help us, Lord, not to forget. Not to forget, never to forget our hope. Your second coming to take us to be with you. Help us to be ready. Be with us and protect each and every person. We will never forget those who are ill, Lord. We have many families at home today. Heal the kids. Heal those who are sick. And be with those who are traveling to go and have some R&R. Be with them. Bless them and bring them all back to us safely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you. May you have a great and very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next Sunday. Next Sunday, 
at 10 o'clock for breaking of bread.